Hi, my name is Mark, and welcome to The Living Room Podcast. The Living Room is where we have conversations about house church, microchurch, and what it looks like living the everyday mission of Christ. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back to The Living Room Podcast. It has been a minute since we were together uh, I think it's actually been longer than a minute. I think it's been about four months of minutes uh, since we have had a Living Room podcast. So we are glad to be back with you guys. Thanks for listening and checking back in with us. Uh, tonight, I'm excited for us to uh, have this podcast episode because there is someone very near and dear to my heart who is part of our podcast tonight. Our our special guest is um, my wife, uh, my bride of 27 years, Andrea Jones. So, honey, I'm w- welcome. Good to have you in the living room. Thank you. <laughs> so we're excited to see how this goes tonight. And um, tonight, the episode really is going to be focusing on Andrea and just her life as a mom and a wife and what mission has looked like for her through that lens and just kind of get her thoughts too and her experience on what it's been like to just kind of live house church and and from from her perspective. But uh, just to give a quick background, we're not going to get into this tonight, but she's got all kinds of missionary experience. She is the matriarch of mission. Um, she's rolling her eyes at me um, as I say that, and but it's so true. She grew up as a missionary kid in Brazil, was born there, raised in Brazil. Uh, then, as you guys know, our story, as I've shared in past episodes, we're on the mission field ourselves in the Republic of Ireland for two and a half years. So she has all kinds of missionary experience. Um, but the lens really tonight that we're going to be speaking through or, 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 or talking through is this lens of mission for Andrea as a mom, as a wife, and and what that has looked like for her. So you ready? You ready, hon? Okay. So let's just jump into it. All right. We're just going to be real casual. We'll just have this conversation together. And so let's just kind of, let me throw this out, out to you, hon, in the sense that it, over the past 15 years or so, right, we've kind of been doing this house church, this organic church, this missionary living on mission, everyday life kind of thing. How would you describe that journey over the past 15 years in, in your own words? Um, well, it has changed in many ways, um, depending on what season I was in, um, with the ages of my children and um, sometimes their needs and what they were involved in. Um, I think that one of the things that I discovered along the way that really being missional is doing a lot of the same things that maybe a lot of moms do. Um, it's not necessarily sometimes changing what you do. I think it has more to do with um, how you see people around you. Um, because once you realize that everything that you do can be an opportunity for mission, or anytime you encounter someone, that that can be an opportunity for mission, then it changes everything. So in, in some ways, you can almost kind of wake up and say, okay, God, you know, what, what do you have for me today? Um, and sometimes it can be as boring as um, just doing the mundane tasks at home for the ones that you are um, responsible for and doing that with a heart, you know, to give glory to God. And sometimes it might end up being having a conversation face-to-face with a neighbor 
about Jesus that you never expected to have. So, um, and then all kinds of things, you know, between that. Um, so, yeah. Give me some examples of what that's looked like for you. What m- living like a missionary in our neighborhood has looked like for you, maybe when the kids were little. Yeah. Um, when my the kids were smaller, we actually decided to put them um, into the little school at the end of our road because after living here for a year, we realized that um, after moving into this neighborhood, that um, that would be the easiest way to build relationships with people. And um, it was things like any time that I was walking alongside other neighbors, just engaging them in conversation and um, even taking opportunities to volunteer in the classroom so that I could um, rub shoulders with some of the other moms, which is really amazing because there is a mom that I met um, when our daughter, who is 15 now, was in kindergarten, and we happened to be volunteering on the same day, and that struck up a friendship, and we started talk, started talking about um, our house church, and, and um, she started coming with her family, and um, now she still comes to our Bible study, and we've built a relationship, and I really do believe that... Um, her relationship with the Lord has really grown over the years and how cool that that started when we volunteered on the same day as in kindergarten. So Yeah, that's amazing. Um, you're talking what 10 years ago, mm-hmm. right? And that relationship's still going on yeah. and st- you're still having di- discipling opportunities with her and it just started with God just intersecting your two lives at, at the local school. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. And and I know that even um, we have some neighbors um, to our right that I noticed that she had a um, that she had a baby because they had a like a balloon and it said it's a girl and I thought okay here's my opportunity to get you know a, a natural opportunity for me to be able to engage in their lives so um, I went out and I bought a little baby gift and um, just some special little things. And I just knocked on the door and I just said, hey, I saw that you had a baby and, you know, I just, you know, have a little gift here for you. And she invited me right in and, um, you know, and that was, I don't know, I don't know, eight years ago, maybe they now have three. Um, But just opportunities like that, that are natural, that I was able to engage in people's lives. So, you know. And part of that's just being a good neighbor, but it's just different when you see people as um, opportunities where you can build relationships with them for the opportunity to share the gospel. And sometimes it means you get to do it all at once, and sometimes it's a a long process of just um, showing them that you love them and that you care about them as a neighbor. So just lots of different things. Taking Christmas cookies at Christmas time as a family and to the different neighbors that we have a relationship with and, um, you know, and with Christmas cards that, you know, talk about Jesus. I don't know, just little things like that. Um, so those are some examples. Yeah, and, and what I'm hearing you say, there's this, it's one thing to just be neighborly, Right. And do those things because you're just being a nice neighbor. 
But again, what I'm hearing you say, there's an intentionality even behind what you're doing. Yes. Right. Understanding that these are, yeah, I want to be a good neighbor, but these are neighbors who need Jesus. That's their greatest need. And so I'm, I'm being neighborly, yes, to be a nice neighbor, but ultimately with the hope that there'll be an opportunity for me to be able to share the hope of Jesus. So there is this intentionality behind that. What's, so that's kind of when the kids were little. Yeah. What's kind of, what's that look like for you now? Now that, you know, we've got four, we have four kids for those that are listening. Maybe you don't know our, our journey and, and our family all that well. We have four kids, two boys that are 22 and 20 now. And you can hear there, they did a podcast, the last podcast, episode 13, uh, Growing Up House Church. So I encourage you to check that out, that episode out. And then we have two girls, um, Aislinn and Kate, who are 15 and 12. So our kids are older now. What's mission look like? What's the everyday missionary life look like for you now? Yeah. Um. I, of course, see missional, um, the people that I, that I see as being missional too, um, always to me starts with, with my kids that, that has always been, um, something I've been very passionate about is that, um, one of my greatest responsibilities is to show Jesus to my children, to teach them about Jesus and, um, and I think right now it's interesting because you would think, yes, I did that a lot when they were little, but I feel like right now I'm spending um, a lot of time more on the reproducing side of things, um, trying to model and reproduce um, even more sometimes than myself being the one that is um, doing missions, so to speak. I'm, I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to say. I, I feel like I'm spending a lot of time, um, taking my girls now to go to people's homes to help watch their kids while they are missional, like Mm. while they're having, um, building relationships with people. And, um, I feel like that my role has kind of shifted to more, um, discipling others to help them be missional um, through um, like through our house church setting. I feel like I've kind of taken the role more now with the ladies where I'm encouraging them and showing them or helping them to see how they are missional. It, um, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and even with my own kids, I think as they watch me go watch someone's baby or take a meal to someone um, and sometimes bringing them along with me, I've become now more the, like the modeler, like th- this mm-hmm. is how you do it. And I, all of that, I don't want to say it's, it's intentional. Yes, but it's just kind of in the flow of life, what has happened. Um, so, and it doesn't mean I'm still not um, having relationships and building relationships with people in my neighborhood that, that we, you know, that I've already made contact with. But yeah, I just feel like it's kind of shifted. I, I feel like my role has now become more of a modeler, so to speak, and trying to reproduce um, myself, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I think, yeah, to, what I'm hearing you say is kind of like before you were the lead disciple maker, yeah. right? Now what you're doing is you're kind of helping other disciples become the lead disciple makers, yeah. you know, so by your, you were doing that yourself, you were kind of leading the way in that. 
now you've got kind of this flock, if you will, of your own kids, as well as other ladies within the house church that now you're continuing to invest in people, but now you're really focused on helping them, you know, releasing them or freeing up time for them so that they can go live on mission. Is that what I'm hearing you? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of it has so much to do with, um, just serving and being available so that, um, I can, um, help others do that, you know, be on mission. Yeah. We've talked about the importance of that ministry of availability, right? And how has that played out for you? Um, yeah. So there have been times and, and everybody is, is different this way, but, um, I actually, after being home as a stay at home mom for 19 years, Um, I decided to go back into the workforce for a year and discovered that that was not best for me. Um, I just, and and I struggled with that, you know, because I I think I look around and see other, um, you know, and other, other pastor's wives do and other people have gifts and abilities and that's how God uses them to be missional. But I discovered quickly that uh, for me, when I was doing that, it just, it depleted my resources um, and who I was. And I very quickly realized that I did not have, that that was not what God wanted for me. Um, And it's taken me a while, I think, to come to embrace that, to embrace that God wants me to give all of my time to be able to be available for others, um, whether it means just being here and sometimes um, it means just being on my couch, texting people and encouraging them and sending them scripture and praying for them. And those are worthy things. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it means being here so that when someone calls or needs something, that I can do that. Um, even for my children, again, um, I spend many times taking them to people's homes to babysit or baby right now. One of my daughters is, um, doing childcare for, um, a woman's Bible study so that while they're doing that, she can be playing with the kids and, um, the joy that she gets and that it, to me, that's so worth it, but I would not be able to be around to be able to drive her back and forth and do all of those things. Um, just being available so that we can focus all of our energies into people um, and what they need. And I realized that that is not for everyone, but I have come to embrace it and to realize this, that's what he has. And um, I need to be content with that. And I am like, I, I love it. I'm so thankful that I get to be the one to do that. Yeah. Let's um, kind of bring out a conversation that you and I had just the other day, right? We were kind of talking through a little bit about what we might share tonight in the, in the episode. Um, but we were talking a little bit about how your view of, um, like just ministry and family and church, how that's kind of shifted over the years. And you want to kind of speak, speak to that a little bit? Yeah, it was really interesting. I felt like I kind of had an epiphany. Um, (laughs) It was so, it was kind of random, but the more I thought about it, it was, it was really 
kind of exciting. Um, so when, because Mark and I both were pastor missionary kids, I think we were so focused on making sure that, um, you know, we had that whole, like, you have God, then family, and then church, you know, or, and so we were always like, oh, we want to make sure that, you know, our family comes first over ministry, you know, it's, it's that, you know, but I think part of it is because we saw church and ministry as this thing that you, um, you know, go to, um, and so it was like, you know, you, you kind of tend to see that as a job or like, you know, and I thought, you know, what is really cool. And it's not that we set out to do this is that somehow along the way, um, our family, the memories that our family, our kids associate, how to explain this? Um, our ministry became family for our kids. And so our family, when they think of, you know, affirmation or joy and happy memories and laughing, they associate those with our church family. And then because of that, what our family now has in common is our church family. And so it's, it's, and it's, it's exciting. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, how much more beautiful instead of saying, well, family first and then church, or, you know, we're not going to let our ministry take over family. And I'm not saying sometimes, yes, as a family, you do need to get away. Mm -hmm. You do need to have time just yourself. So I'm not saying, you know, but with the way that we have house churches and how, it really becomes family. Um, I don't, how much better when your kids, you get to do life with together with the ministry. I, I'm not sure if I'm being very clear with what I'm saying, but it's not one and the other. It's like all together and integrated. I, yes. Yeah. And, um, because of that, I feel like we've been so much, it's, it's been so rich and our kids, they do see that church is so important Mm -hmm. and they are passionate. And now to hear the things they're saying, they're, they're excited about it and they're passionate about it. It's not this, Oh, it's the thing that took my family away from me. It's this, no, this was the thing that's life giving. And that has been, um, they, they loved the church. And again, I know only that was God because that we didn't set out to do it that way, but somehow that's, how it has become and the way that it is. And, um, and I'm so thankful because I, I could not have scripted that myself. Mm. Um, but I do think part of that has to do with the way that we see church. Absolutely. Um, it's not this, you know, for us, it's not this thing that you had to dress up to. You went to for two hours. Of course, that was when we were younger. Um, and got all, you know, for our kids, it was so uncomfortable putting on their little <laughs> ties and everything, you know, and nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying for right. them, it was like, oh, and then you had to sit in the service and then, and then you went home. Whereas with the house churches, it's like, hey, we're getting together, we eat and it's, 
there's laughter, there's joy, there's, you know, the little kids and they're so funny and cute and we're all together. And um, even as teenagers or young, not just even before teenagers, they're mm-hmm. sitting in groups talking with adults, talking about the word of God together. Like that's fun. And then after when it's all over, it's not, okay, let's go home. It's like, no, then we hang out, we talk, we laugh, we play games, you know, it's just, and then to have um, adults come to my kids and affirm them and see them as, you know, equals and not just, oh, you're the little kid, you know, go to your class. It's, we're all family. Mm -hmm. And so I I don't know if, if that's one of the reasons why, it's that way for them. But um, I, I'm just so, so thankful that we haven't had to make that separation. You know, it's it's all together. It's, it's all, you know, family and church. Yeah, I think that's the beautiful part of what at least house church, the dynamic of house church has been for us is that it's, it's an integration of our family together as opposed to a separation from our family. You know, where, like you were saying, you go to your kids go to this age class and your teens go to this class or whatever. And again, that's, you know, we need all kinds of churches to meet all kinds of people. But it's really been beautiful for us to see how House Church has been this family ministry that we've been a part of and it's integrated our kids, you know, into the life of other people and integrated the lives of other people into our kids so that our, yes, we're the lead disciples of our kids, but yet they could tell you the names of people that have influenced them and most of the names of the people that they're going to say are people that are six seven eight ten fifteen twenty years older than them Mm -hmm. and that makes me kind of want to think of the uh, talk about a little bit of this this kind of this concern sometimes that we hear right from parents that you know when it comes to house church and the dynamic of house church you just talked about right and the sense of like you have all these different ages and they're kind of integrating what would you say to someone who's maybe concerned for their kids that you know, well, what about the program? What if my kids don't have people that, you know, other kids their same ages or whatever, you know, what what would you say to someone like that to encourage them? Yeah. And I, I can understand um, that concern sometimes because I know that we see benefit, of course, um, with our kids and building relationships with people their age. Um, I will say that throughout all the years of our kids um, with house church or with with church in general over the past 10 or 15 years, um, a lot of times they didn't have friends their age. Um, We did not have a youth group for many years, and they kind of were on their own. And sometimes we would um, have house church, and they were the absolute only teens there. And, um, or kids. Yeah, or kids, right. And then and we would go through seasons, of course, where there were some and some weren't. And um, I guess the, the most important thing that I do want to encourage, would encourage moms with is um, the greatest thing that we want to see and that we want for our kids is not that they have a lot of friends, although it's great that they, if they do or when they have a lot of friends, but what we want more than anything is that we want kids who have hearts who love Jesus and who see their lives as opportunities to be poured out for God. That's what we want more than anything. Um, And then secondly, I would say 
that um, God does provide, provides friendship. And sometimes it's not in kids their ages. Sometimes it's um, sometimes it's the moms that they um, serve alongside when they serve um, to helping the kids. Sometimes it's through um, other band members. If your kid gets to sing in the, you know, in in the band, I mean, this is these are real life experiences that I'm talking about here. Um, sometimes it's the adults that check in on them every, you know, house church, and they're playing with the kids, and and they're they're having conversations with the adults. There's friendship. Um, I just don't underestimate friendship that comes from not necessarily kids their own age. Yeah. Um, but I will also say that because we have one of our daughters is, well, both of our daughters are very social, but one of them I would say that's even a greater need. It's been really neat to see how God has provided friendships for mm-hmm. her, for, for both my girls when we prayed about it. And um, I don't know, just trust the Lord. Um, I don't think it means that we should make decisions about church based upon friendships. I would say find a really good church that your kids can serve in, and you will find much more reward than if you're mm-hmm. just looking for a church that has friends their age. So, and, and also just your own as parents, if you are passionate about the church. And I don't mean just saying, yeah, we love church. We go every Sunday, but I mean that you're passionate about it and that you believe that it's the answer for people who need the Lord. Um, that it's, that it's a family that we meet each other's needs that, you know, and it's something you live out every day. Your kids will, they will catch that. They Mm -hmm. see it and, and they want to be a part of it too. Yeah, I think that's so good. And I think, um, yeah, as I think about what you're saying as far as, you know, that that concern of kids with their own ages, there's a lot of kids that were the ages of my own kids that I didn't want my kids to be around. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm like, just just because they have kids their own age and it doesn't necessarily mean that those are the kids that they should be around either. So to your point, that the greater the greater goal is not that your kids have a lot of friends that they're their same ages, but that these kids have people who they can see who are following Jesus, yes. and and that they get opportunities to serve Jesus. And I think that's that's it's, it's nothing wrong. Yeah, you we want kids, sure. but we want yeah. or we want our kids to have friends, you know, that follow Jesus. That's what we want, and I want my kids to have friends whose parents right, are following Jesus too, and so that they can build into our kids. So, yeah, lots of good things there. Um, anything else on that as far as just that concern? Um, let's talk a little bit about, um, yeah, what, what's what's been difficult for you over the past several years or just in this living the everyday missionary life? What's What's been hard? I think that for many, many years, um, I struggled and I've heard other pastor's wives even, um, you know, express this at times. And I'm like, oh yeah, I remember I really used to struggle with that is I think, um, 
that living out that balance between um, being a mom and doing the things that you have to do at home and which can be a lot, you know, and um, especially if you work outside the home or if you homeschool a lot of, you know, little, little kids and um, sometimes you struggle to find like to think, oh, I'm not being missional enough. I don't, I'm, I don't have time to like go out and knock on my neighbor's doors or, or go take a soup to somebody or um, go have coffee with someone because you're so inundated with just trying to feed your baby and take care of the house and, you know, um, chase after toddlers. And, and so you are always struggling with that. And, and I did, there were times where I'd feel like, oh, I'm not doing enough. You know, um, I need to, you know, I need to go meet some people for coffee and try to have some Jesus conversations. <laughs> but then I would be like, oh my goodness, my house is a wreck and I, <laughs> I don't feel like I've been home enough and, you know, just be this back and forth. And, um, and I just think that that's, I think that's normal. And, um, I just want to encourage any mom out there that maybe feels that way or you feel like. Um, there's this, you know, oh, I'm not doing enough. I'm not going around and, um, you know, talking to enough people about Jesus or I'm not, you know, but yet you're just struggling to try to, you know, love, love your children and to care for them. And, um, just know that what really God wants is your heart and he wants a heart that desires to obey him, to please him. And that, if you are desiring to um, see people come to know Jesus and want to be a part of that, for one, just pray about it. Ask God to give you opportunities. That happened to me many times. And I felt like those days that I woke up and said, Jesus, I, it's been a while like since I've had a talk with someone or you know, just had any kind of real like meaningful conversation that could lead to the gospel. And I felt like it would be that day when I'd get a phone call from one of my neighbors who didn't know the Lord and was hurting and it ended up um, having a really good conversation and sometimes even a gospel conversation. So for one, just, you know, the Lord knows your heart and pray for those opportunities. Um, But also just know too, that sometimes your little missionary or your little mission field is right there in your home. Absolutely. And, um, I would say that that's, that's the beginning. That's your first, first mission field is, um, showing them, showing your kids who Jesus is and, and living out in obedience and what it means to, to love them and serve them, but also to model and to teach them. And sometimes that's all you get to do that day. And that's okay because that's, that's enough. Like God wants that. Um, and God will give you opportunities uh, especially as you seek them and you're looking and, and you're seeing people in all of your life as a mission field or a missional opportunity. God will bring you opportunity, you know, opportunities. And sometimes it's a lot and sometimes it's not, but that's okay. But th- that was something I struggled with. I think as I've gotten um, older, I feel like, again, I've come to embrace all that that means and sometimes it means you're a little more behind the scenes and sometimes you get put right up in front and center um and and to be okay with that yeah any anything else that comes to mind that was just it's just been difficult about the stru- about difficult. yeah just difficult even with house church meeting um, nights or anything yeah, like that i or- think sometimes and um i think sometimes 
knowing what to best do with the kids. Sometimes as a house church, mm-hmm. I think that can be um, kind of, it's one thing when it's like, you know, when it's at our gatherings and we have it like, um, like timed who's going to watch, you know, the kids and teach them. But I think sometimes when it's in the home, that can be a, a struggle, like who's going to do it and, um, having space for it sometimes. Um, and I'm thankful because, and on the bright side of it, my girls have learned to come up with lessons to help teach the kids. So they've been a big help to me, but also trying to remember that, if uh, I need to be reproducing myself too and helping other people who are part of our house church to realize that that's something that they can also contribute and be part of. So yeah, there've been times, sometimes it's gone very smoothly and then sometimes it's, it's chaos and it's crazy. Um, sometimes we've had like, it seems like thousands of kids and then sometimes <laughs> we don't true. have very many. So, um, but yeah, that, that can be a challenge sometimes, but but it's always rewarding. Like yeah. no matter what, it always ends up being something um, so worth, so worth it. Yeah, it is. And I think, and I would echo that. I think that's a, sometimes one of the biggest questions we get or the most often asked questions is what do you do with the kids on house church meeting nights? And I think too, it, it there's a sense of it. people, we need to see that ministry as just as important too. Like not as a who's going to teach the kids, yeah. but man, I, I, I want to, I want that opportunity. Like, cause what you were saying earlier about the importance of, an, as an adult pouring into yeah. someone else's kid, man, that's an opportunity for you to, to, to live on mission right there during a house church night, loving on those kids or leading a lesson or house church morning or whatever y'all meet or whatever it might be. But, but just, yeah, but it, it you go in seasons, house, like, yeah, we've had what, there've been nights when we've had 50 some people and 25 of those are yep, kids 10 and under, yes. right? I mean, and you're we've just had like, more what? Kids sometimes than yeah. adults. Right. Absolutely. And it's, so it's been crazy, but yeah. it's kind of this beautiful mess, yes. right? And, yep. but yet it can be overwhelming and be hard, mm-hmm. but just to kind of stick with it, endure, persevere, um, model. And I think too, I would add into that to just not be afraid to ask. Yes. Yes. And sometimes I wasn't always really good about doing that, you know. Um, and I will say that every time when I prepared a lesson and um, I would, at the end of it, I would just always was so rewarded by what an opportunity that I had to talk about Jesus to these kids and to just realize that you don't know, right? 10 years from now, when that kid gets older and looks back and Absolutely. remembers. Absolutely. It's so good. Um, so. Yeah. And, and, to kind of give an illustration or an example of that is, you know, we have a Sunday morning house church that meets in our home and we have a neighbor who brings his two boys who are what, eight and three or eight and four. Yeah. Somewhere in that age, age range. Right. And they don't know Jesus and you know, they've never heard Bible stories before and you want an opportunity to share the gospel teach the kids in house church, <laughs> you, there's your opportunity, right? And I, I, I just love seeing those two boys come up after a house church meeting in, in the morning on a Sunday morning, and they've got these coloring pages and it's about Jesus and what he did for them on the cross. And they're able to articulate the gospel, 
you know, and that, that comes from being able to have an opportunity to lead these kids. And so I just think that's so important. It's hard, it's difficult, right? But yet helping, we need to model that. We need to do it ourselves. We need to equip people in in that. But but it is, I would agree with you, that probably yeah, is one be. of the more difficult things to, to try to navigate when it comes to house church. Um, with that, as we think about house church, a, a question would be, would there be anything you would kind of, maybe caution moms or want to share with moms who might be transitioning from more of that traditional church kind of form that you and I grew up in to more of a house church, things to be aware of, things to be ready for? Um, I think that at first you might feel like your kids are missing out on something. Like yeah. Um, there's that, and I you know, there's that temptation to be like, oh, they're not, you know, they're not, they don't get to be part of this big Christmas program, you know, and, and, and I'm expressing this because there have been times that yeah, I think at the beginning that, that I, you know, maybe, um, felt just because it was different. Um, and all I can tell you is if you persevere and if you make it a priority, and, you know, I think sometimes there can be a temptation to view the gathering as the more important. And then the house church is just like, eh, it's like the, you know, it's okay if we don't go to that. But to me, it's almost the other way around. <laughs> Although I would encourage you to have them there at everyone at both times. But what I'm saying is, it's one of those things, you know, how when you kind of throw things into a funnel and you just keep throwing it and you keep throwing it, and after a while, it all starts coming out. Um, so what I'm saying is having them come, it, it works. I, I just want to say that it works. Now, obviously, we cannot control people's hearts, but I really do believe that um, if you have them present and present with people and having them in a house church where they're seeing that church translates not just in the building with the pointy steeple, you know, on a two-hour period on a Sunday morning. They begin to see that church bleeds out of that building, that it that it's it involves people of all ages, that it involves sharing prayer requests and being vulnerable with each other. It involves people crying and um, and being okay with that. Like there's so many different things they are learning from being part of a house church um, that they might not uh, otherwise learn mm-hmm. um, if they're just coming. And so I would just say be patient um, because I think you will be surprised at. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm saying if you have, if you were there and you're present and you are consistent. Um, because that that is, you know, the more consistent that you are and the more you place as a priority, the more your children get to see this relationship and be, and grow in relationship with this whole group. And as they do that, then they they begin to be affirmed because these adults are seeing, you know, your kids gifts and abilities and they're interacting with them. They begin to feel more like, well, wow, 
I'm, I'm important, you know, and I can also serve by making cookies to take to our house church night, or I can sometimes help with the kids or I can hold so-and-so's little baby because they're crying and while a mom needs to, to do something and just, you know, I think that you will be surprised at the result um, if you were consistent. So, um, yeah, I, I just say that because sometimes you can feel like, oh, you know, my, my kids, not they're going to miss out on all this stuff. I'm just telling you that what they gain is is just far more. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I say that because we have gotten to see it. We've lived like it. first hand. Yeah. And honestly, in many ways, I could tell you I'm – pretty surprised in some ways, like, <laughs> like, wow. Um, so yeah, God's grace is good. Yes. Yeah. And, and two, I will say this, not just from, you know, our personal experience, but when I see other families that have been in the house church journey that have lived this kind of church life too, I, I could, I could count number of, of kids that have grown up right. And who are now serving the Lord and faithful, um, because of that. And I would say this too, like, I think there's some great value in having the kids depending upon the age range, right. As part of the Bible study, there've been yes. moments when we've yes. been studying scripture together with adults and teens and, and, and older elementary kids where an older elementary kid that's sitting there is reading the passage while I, you know, have the boldness to say something. And we're like, what, that was amazing. Right. Like, so, I mean, don't underestimate too the opportunities for your kids to interact with God's word with adults and teens or whatever, and, and how God can speak to them through that in that yeah. context too. And I was just going to say too, as you were saying, be okay. Don't, don't assume that because your kid is not in some kind of class for their age group or they may seem bored. It's okay. Like it's okay. Um, don't assume they're not learning anything. Sure. They may not be learning exactly all the points of the message a that's been taught mm-hmm. or the bible study that you're interacting but they are learning they're learning that how how cool it is to be able to sit in a group of people all different ages to be able to talk and share and discuss the bible like they're learning they're seeing that they're seeing people pray and sing and worship even as they they can they're learning like they're seeing and they're seeing wow all these people came out on a friday night to to just you know spend time over studying the bible like they're learning that's, yeah. that's a big deal it's huge and i think like i can think of two uh, our house church meeting two weeks ago all right, we're in Romans chapter 12, and one of the teenage girls who's, I think, 13, or she keeps asking these questions, which are spot-on questions from the passage. But she's been part of our, you know, this 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 house church now for over a year, and there's this comfortableness, if that's a word, I don't know, that she has now, a comfort level that she has, right, to be able, she knows she's loved, she knows that she can ask these questions, it's a safe environment, and and we're all learning too from her from those questions and they were great. And I think to your point, don't underestimate that your kids are learning. Yeah. That they're learning something. They're learning that it's okay to ask questions. Yeah. You know, they're learning that that they're hearing other people pray, as you said. You know, I think there's just some great things there that 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 we don't always maybe are aware of when it comes to this kind of form of of being church. But yeah. anything else on that? Well, yeah, and I was just gonna say, um, Several times our kids have commented on um, just 
families in our house church, um, how as we spend time with them, they'll say, oh, I just, I love watching them, you know, how they treat each other or, you know, how they parent their kids. And so I'm thinking, wow, like they are getting up front and center opportunities to observe godly marriages, godly parenting, you know, and then these are the same people that interact with them. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not these people way out there or necessarily just the spiritual leaders. No, these are these are people in their house church. They're brothers and sisters in Christ. And they're getting to learn like firsthand, you know, with these people. And, you know, they're not going to get that if they're just only part of a group where it's just their age. Yeah. Um, So. Yeah. I mean, I could, we could keep going on and on, I I think in this sense, because we've even used the analogy of like how house church is kind of like this Petri dish for your kids to serve the Lord. Yes where it's kind of like there's a safe environment for them to just kind of exercise these gifts and talents that they have. I remember our boys, you know, Grant playing guitar for the first time, really, but in a context of a house church, it's smaller. It's People love him. He can screw up and it's okay, you know, kind of a thing. And Luke and our girls now. I mean, there's just so many great things that your kids are going to have, those opportunities that they have in that context that they may not get in another uh, context of church. Yeah. Um, but it's in the context of relationship, and that's why it's so important. Relationships of people that they love and that love them, that can um, confront them potentially. You know, yeah, there's just so many, so many good things. Um, transition out of that. What's we talked about something that's hard, right? What what has been maybe a surprise for you, or a, some joy that's come for you out of just this journey? Yeah. Like I said, I. I think that in some ways we are pretty blown away at how much our kids love the church. Um, You know, you always hear about, oh, you know, pastor's kids and growing up and especially ministry ministry kids, they just, they don't want to have anything to do with it, you know, and, um, you know, you always, you, you hope that's not the case and you pray, but you also realize that, you know, that's very possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I have been so amazed and thankful for how much our kids just love. They love the church. They love our church. They're very passionate about it. Um, I had one of my daughters. Good. I'm. I hope, <laughs> I hope you're going to tell the story that I think you're going to tell. So distraught. She's yes, only fifteen, so mind you. Saying, Say it again. How old is she? She's 15. Okay. She was like, what am I going to do when I get married? And um, what if he doesn't want to come to our church? I love our church, you know? And I'm like, honey, you, you have a few years there. Um, and there are other good churches out there. It's not like, you know, but it's just, it was really cute. Um, I just, just seeing them and it just seems like they get to, a certain age and they really realize the value of our church and, and the family. Um, just the other few weeks ago, uh, the girls came home and they were just, just bubbling over, uh, just saying, I just love our church family. And mind you, this was after a house church night. They were just like, our church is just, it's such a family. It's just family, you know? And, um, it, it just, you know, I'm blown away by that, mm-hmm. you know, because I know it's God and, yep. um, and just seeing what the church can be 
and yeah. should be, and, and that we truly love and care about each other. It's not just this thing you go to just to get taught. It's this thing you live. It's the thing you live out. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it just sounds funny that I'm so surprised. It's like, oh, <laughs> this really does work. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I would definitely say I continually am blown away by um, what God has done and that our kids truly love. And, again, I realize the most important thing is that they love the Lord, but as they love the Lord, they are going to love his church. Um, and I, I just feel like it's not a place where they have felt judged. It's not a place where they have felt, you know, especially as pastor's kids, you would think, because I've had people say, oh, it must be so hard. And I'm like, I don't, I don't really think it has been hard right, right. Um, because I <laughs> feel like they, they're so affirmed. Just the other day, I, um, my daughter got a little note and I was like, oh, you know, the little card. And it was from one of the moms um, just writing a thank you note to her. She's 13. This is my 13-year-old daughter. And the mom took the time to write a thank you note because she was there helping out and watching the kids. And the mom felt like she was able to have some real good time to talk to the other moms. And, you know, I didn't ask her to write that note. I didn't expect that. And, you know, it meant so much to her. And I feel like my kids are blessed because they are part of our church. Mm -hmm. Like, we have been poured into yep. and because of our church family. And so, you know, I, I don't, I'm just, I'm just so thankful. Like God has been so good and um, the trust that they've earned by watching other people's kids because of the relationships that they've had, you know, like, I don't know. You yeah. just can't, you can't buy that. <laughs> no, you can't. What, no. Anything else, any other joys that come um, to mind? From over the well, years of just living just, this missionary life. It's so sweet to me to see, um, you know, just to be part of seeing people come to know the Lord or grow in their relationship with the Lord and know that you got to be part of just coming alongside them. Mm -hmm. Like, um, and even just being able to open our home and have, you know, our neighbor come and just it truly experience joy in our, in our home, not just because of us, but because of the other people here too. Right. But to see how for them it's a refuge and it's a place that they want to come. And, and I know they see Jesus. And again, not just because of us, but because of the other people that, that know Jesus and that are here. And um, just to, to be part of that, like, there's just no greater, there's just nothing greater than yeah. being able to be part of seeing people come to know the Lord and being able to help them grow in their walk with the Lord. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's the best. There's nothing else I'd want to do. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, you mentioned this just, just a moment ago, and I want to kind of hit this real quick. The importance of the home and our home. How how important has has hospitality been and yeah I um I'm so thankful that um ministry for us most of it involves the home I love home I love <laughs> being home I love I love being a home you know a homemaker a stay-at-home mom I I just I love it and I love being able to have 
people in our home because for me, like, that's easy for me. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and I know that that's not the case for everybody. I understand that. But for me, um, it's a place where, well, first of all, when you have people in your home, you make yourself vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You a great do. Point. And, you know, and I'm not a super neat, clean person. Like my house is not like, you know, spotless. It isn't. But I feel like I learned a long time ago. And I think it's because, you know, I don't know if it's because my parents were just, they loved having people in their home. And they, my mom was the same way. She wasn't super spotless. Like everything was perfect. It wasn't. But there was a lot of love in that home. And I think when people were there, they felt cared for and cared about. And it was warm. There was always good food. And um, I learned that I think people, they can look past perfection to be able to come and feel safe and comfortable and relaxed. And I think the home is so important because if you're willing to have people in your home, it means you are letting them see everything about you. There's nothing to hide, you know. And um, so I think people feel safe in your home. But, you know, to me, it's it's just you can give people, people can eat, people can just relax in your home. And, um, and I think people are more willing to open up if you have them in your home. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I... I just there's just nothing like meeting in a home yeah yeah Yeah. absolutely um well as we kind of turn the page a little bit on our time um what what's an encouragement you would give to a mom out there or to a lady out there who's listening who's thinking about this mission and you know trying to be more intentional when it comes to living the mission of jesus what what encouragement or challenge would you want want them to hear from you well, I, I would just say instead of looking at this whole big like, oh no, I could never be that or this, it's too much, or I'm I can't, you know, I'm not a good. Maybe you're not an extrovert, or maybe you're not, um, you know. You would never dream of going over to someone's house because that's just not, you know, your your personality. Um, first of all, just. It just starts by having a heart that's surrendered to the Lord and God will use whatever it is that, that he's gifted you with, with your personality that he's given you. God will use anything, um, to be able to live missionally. And so maybe for you, it might just be, um, you know, that you're, you're just going to be an encourager and you're going to come around and find um, ways to encourage people and that that can lead for gospel conversations. It could be, um, you know, maybe your, maybe your gift is cooking, you know, or baking and it's um, baking something and, um, you know, taking it to, the fire department and take your kids along with you, you know, or maybe it is cooking and you see that someone or hear about someone being sick in your neighborhood and you just want to take them, you know, and it doesn't have to be, Hey, here's some soup. Now let me give you the Romans road. I mean, it's literally, Hey, 
you know, right. I, I noticed that you were sick. You know, it, it usually it, conversations, you know, and friendships and relationships just start with kindness. I care. You know, mm. and um, and really do care. I mean, I do think people need to know that you care about them regardless of yep. what they decide about Jesus. That's a great point. Um, mm-hmm. But Jesus is the greatest thing out there for them. So, you know... Um, yeah, and that's a great point because I, um, I, yeah, that's so powerful what you just said there. People need to know that you care regardless of what they decide about Jesus. But if you truly care about them, yeah, there'll come a point when you will bring yeah. up Jesus, yeah. Yeah. right? And so yeah. I think that there's there's that that tension, if you will. I don't know if tension is the right word, but and and two, a lot of these things you're saying. I know we've kind of talked a lot about this through the lens of being a mom, right? But a lot of these things you're talking about. It's not dependent upon whether you have kids or not, no. right? No. I mean, uh, taking a meal or baking or having mm-hmm. people over in your yes. home, this is, you know, not dependent upon whether or not you have kids, kids or not, right? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I just yeah. felt like I needed yeah. to say that. And I that. just want to say too that um, if you are walking with Jesus, it will come out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just will. And um I remember sometimes I would be having conversations with strangers, but there are ways to bring out, yeah, you know, I was at house church the other night and sometimes it's like, oh, you know, just little things Mm -hmm. that maybe at a different date, they're like, yeah, I noticed you talk about house or church. Do you, you know, just be not being afraid to just be who you are and let, you know, your relationship with Jesus come out and um, you'd be surprised how, when you say things that people, they're, they're thinking about it, mm-hmm. you know, and it may come out at a different time. So, but kindness, anyone can show kindness. That's good. Um, anyone can be a friend, you know, and a lot of times that those are the things that do lead to opportunities to talk about the gospel. Um, so, and anyone can do that. But I will say having little kids is really helpful when, <laughs> when you, you know, to meet other moms that have kids, kids are, you know, an, an easy magnet, um, that way. But, um, yeah, just be, just walk with the Lord, ask him to give you opportunities and then just find ways to be a friend and just realize that, um, every day is an opportunity to be a light. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Any, any other thoughts that are coming to the surface for you that you just feel like you want to share, just encourage or. Okay. No, no, it's good. I think it's been really good and I appreciate you sharing, hun. I mean, there's so much more that we could share, I'm sure. And maybe down the road, I'm guessing we'll do another episode. Right. Um, but I, I'll just speak to on behalf of her. I mean, this is a woman that loves Jesus um, like someone I, I've never seen before in the sense that she wakes up early, spends time with Jesus, and you can tell that what she said, if you're walking with Jesus, he will just come out. It's true, and she is a walking testimony of that. Um, anyone that knows her um, knows that about her, that at some point you know, Jesus will come out of her um, and and because of her time spent with him. So... Um, yeah, 
Um, hey, listen, if for those of you listening today to to this episode, what's what's something that Andrea shared that maybe is just sticking with you right now? That maybe is just come a kind of coming to the surface for you. Um, maybe it was a comment she made or just a, a circumstance in her, from her own life that's just kind of sticking out for you. What's something that maybe the Spirit of God is nudging you with as it relates to just being on mission? Uh, maybe it's just as simple as just, you know, just being kind and embracing um, just the simple things, the mundane things of life, but seeing them through the lens of of mission and making much of Jesus. I don't know, but but think about that as we kind of close this episode off and just what's the Spirit of God nudging you with um, today? And then and then what's a step that you can take in obedience to that nudge? Because um, I think a lot of times, right, it's easy for us to maybe listen to the podcast episode and we just kind of walk away, oh, that was really helpful. And then is there any any change, right? But I really th- sense that the Spirit of God is, list, is, is speaking and has spoken through Andrea during this time and, and, and speaking to you as you listen. So what listen to that nudge and then what's something that you can do in response to that. So um, would you just um, take time to just pray and then sure. just pray for the, those that are listening? Sure. Lord, we are just so, um, just so thankful that you have given us the opportunity to come along and serve with you, um, that we get to be part of your mission and, um, I just, just pray for anyone out there that might feel, um, overwhelmed, um, or is maybe questioning whether it's worth it. Um, I just pray that you would just cover them with your love and your peace and that you would help them to see that you only want, um, them to, um, use what you've given them just to um, help others see you, Lord. And I just pray that you would give all of us boldness, that you would give us an incredible love and compassion for those who don't yet know you, um, that we would have the courage to come alongside those who maybe know you but need just help and encouragement and um, that we would be willing to just give it all, God. Just you are so worthy. Um, You are worthy of all of our time and all of our energy. And um, I just pray that whatever is said tonight will be used of you, Lord, to um, keep people's eyes on you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks so much for listening and joining us in the living room today. If you found today's conversation helpful, pass it along. You can find episodes of our Living Room Podcast conversations at living-church.com or anywhere you find podcasts that matter. Until we meet again here in the living room, make much of Christ, make disciples living the mission of Christ, and multiply churches for the glory of Christ.